Hi, everyone. Welcome to a new episode of Explore and Engage with Anam. Let me start today's episode with a question. Do you think that public schools are free? Do you think that public education does not cost money? Let me tell you, my friends, public schools are not free. Nothing in this world is free. People like to think that public education is free, doesn't cost money, but that is not the case because public schools are funded by taxpayer dollars. And anything that uses taxpayer money, that cannot be free. We always keep hearing, at least here in my state of Wisconsin, we keep hearing that schools need more funding, schools need more resources, teachers need more resources. Teachers unions, let me tell you, and some of you know this already, teachers unions are very active and they ask for more money, for more benefits, for more resources. Here in Wisconsin, I have been hearing debates regarding school funding for years, and it's ongoing. There's always some debate about school funding. How much money does a school need? How how much money do school districts need to provide certain services and to uh, deal with the rising cost of things? You know, inflation is something I have talked about quite a bit in this podcast. And so money is always an issue. And school funding is the subject of many debates, many discussions. And and, and so if you listen to those discussions, you'll think that resources are stretched thin. You will draw the conclusion that public schools need more money, which would mean resources are stretched thin, right? Otherwise, why would you ask for more funding? Why would you need more money? Okay, I'm not going to go into the debate, but and 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 i don't like making general statements but as i pay attention to discussion about school funding the impression i get is that more funds are needed at least that's what teachers unions will tell you that more funding is needed do the needs vary obviously the needs in wisconsin will not be the same as the needs in California. Different schools have different needs, and depending on if it's an if it's a school district in an urban area versus a rural area, uh, if it's a very busy school district with school district with lots and lots of uh, students versus a school district maybe with not so many students, the needs are going to vary no matter where you go in the country. As I said, Wisconsin will have different needs, and California will have different needs. Everything varies. Cost of living in different places vary, prices of things, etc. And so the needs vary. I, I, I think that's pretty clear. Let me now shift the focus to New York City. Reportedly, New York City schools are preparing for an influx of children of migrants. I have talked about the border crisis in my podcast. I have discussed in several episodes the situation in New York City. I've also talked about Chicago. Both are sanctuary cities. New York is a big sanctuary city. And 
basically what a sanctuary city is, is that a, a sanctuary city promises that whoever shows up looking for shelter will find shelter, okay? Now, obviously, there are lots of debates regarding the sanctuary city status. I've talked quite a lot about it in the past. I'm not going to do that in this episode because I want to focus on the issue of schools. So in New York City, schools are preparing for an influx of children of migrants. Reportedly, when school starts on September the 7th, there will be at least, can you guess that number? There will be at least 19,500 migrant students in the school system. Let me repeat that. When school starts on September 7th, there will be at least 19,500 migrant students in the school system in New York City. What does that mean? That means, reportedly, the city will need to hire more than 3,400 English as new language teachers. Reportedly, the city will also need more than 1,700 bilingual Spanish teachers. The classrooms are going to be full with so many students, new students, children of asylum seekers, at least 19,500 just in New York City, the school system. The classrooms are going to be full. And I do know that small classrooms are better for students. And I can say that from my personal experience as a child. I I really enjoyed small classrooms because when you have a smaller number of students per teacher, then there is greater opportunity for interaction with the teacher. If if there's a huge number of students in one classroom, then each student gets less attention. That's, that's, That's simple math, right? One teacher teaching a class of 15 students or 20 students versus one teacher teaching a class of 30 or 40 students. The more students there are, the less attention the teacher will be able to give to each student. That's that's pretty simple. You all understand that. And, And so with this huge and sudden influx of new students, what will happen to the classroom size? That is the question. How will these new students adjust in the new system, in the in the in the school system? How will these new students adjust in the school system? These children have certain needs. As I indicated, there will be students who do not speak English. There will be students who speak neither English nor Spanish. And and so the schools will have to prepare to deal with new challenges, not only in terms of the increased number of students, but also the students will have very different needs. 
because the asylum seekers are coming from all over the world. And there will be lots of students, I'm guessing, who don't speak English, don't speak Spanish. Maybe they speak some other language. And so how, how is the school going to provide education to students with diverse needs, just in terms of language? And obviously, there are lots of other factors. Another question is, is this sudden influx of stu new students, of children of asylum seekers, is this sudden influx going to disrupt the education of the existing students? That's the question. And, you know, if you wish to share your thoughts with me on these things, feel free to go to tossifanam.net, send me a message. You can also connect with me on social media. Share with me your thoughts, okay? So okay, let, me, let me move on. I have more things I want to discuss. Now, another question is, how much more resources will schools need given this huge influx that we are about to see when school starts on September 7? How much more resources will the schools need and who will pay for it? Let's go back to the beginning of this episode. Is public education free? No, it's not. Who's paying for it? Taxpayers. And if schools have to accommodate thousands and thousands of new students, who is going to pay for the resources that are needed? The taxpayers, right? Is this going to mean that taxes will go up in the near future? I don't know the answer to that. You can share with me your thoughts, okay? I am very much pro-education. I believe in strong, good education. I took my O and A-level exams. I have a Bachelor of Arts degree from, a, from an excellent university. And I also have a Master of Public Affairs degree. So I, I definitely value education, which is why I pursued not just a Bachelor of Arts degree, but a Master of Public Affairs degree also. I believe that every person should receive good education. I believe every child in the world, in the United States and also in the world, across, across the globe, every child in this world should have the opportunity to get good education. That's, that's you know, if we think about the ideal world, that, that would be an important factor in an ideal world, that every child should have access to good, good education. But now let's look at what's going on in New York City. Let's look at this practical matter. And the question is, how will New York City schools deal with the sudden influx of children, almost 20,000 new students? When resources are already stretched thin, who will pay for the resources needed to accommodate thousands of new students? Immigrants come to America legally, following the proper process, doing the proper paperwork. They come here and immigrant children, they go to school, they do great, and the, and the kids, they get good education, they grow up. Uh, and, and they contribute towards 
the growth and success of this country and they contribute towards the diversity of this nation. But what we are seeing right now is a crisis at the border. People are pouring in. Foreign nationals are crossing the border. They are coming into the United States without visa, without authorization, and and communities don't have resources to deal with the sudden influx of migrants. And, And we know that because I have talked a lot about New York City, that the city, a sanctuary city, has run out of space and cannot house the migrants. Same case in Chicago. Chicago is also a sanctuary city. But as migrants keep pouring in, the city has run out of space and they are, they, are, they are struggling to house the migrants, to house the asylum seekers. And these are just two cities that I've discussed, but there are many other communities in different parts of the country where migrants are going, they're looking for housing, looking for shelter, looking for food, looking for medical services, and communities are struggling. If I, if I talk about the border communities, uh, you know, communities in, in Texas and Arizona, as migrants come in, a lot of those communities are struggling because of the sudden influx of foreign nationals. And, and, and so that's why I call it a crisis, because it is a crisis at the southern border. If the Biden administration would have secured the border, then we would not have this crisis. But because the border is not secure, people are coming in and they are coming into the United States looking for food, clothing, shelter, and also education because their kids have to go to school. And that's what's happening in New York. That's the big issue in New York right now. How will the New York City school system accommodate nearly 20,000 new students? And these are children of asylum seekers. That's why I always emphasize, and I've done it many times and I'll do it again, I emphasize the importance of legal immigration. Coming to the United States legally by doing the paperwork, by following the proper process. And when people enter the United States legally, they have legal status. They have the ability to live here, to work here, to go to school here. And immig- uh, children of immigrants can pursue education. And that's, that's everything being done in the proper way. But the crisis at the border is it's leading to a humanitarian crisis and it's an ongoing issue. People are sleeping on the sidewalk. I've seen images and video clips from New York City. Asylum seekers who entered the country, people who crossed the border to enter the United States and they went to New York thinking that that New York is a sanctuary city, they may find a place to stay, But a lot of these migrants are sleeping on the sidewalk because the city has run out of place to house these migrants. So the people who are coming to the United States looking for work, looking for a better life, but they are coming in 
by crossing the border rather than pursuing a proper immigration process. After coming here, a lot of these migrants are realizing that life is very challenging. They came here looking for better life, but they are now, many of them are now having to spend time on the sidewalk. And, and so that's why I keep talking about the importance of legal immigration. The best way to enter the United States is through the legal process. Get a visa. Get, 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 get a visa. Do the paperwork. Follow the legal process. Follow the rules. Follow the laws of the United States. Because once a foreign national comes to the United States using, using the legal process, that person has a legal status and can have access to many opportunities in this country. But those who enter the United States illegally, those who cross the border, walk into this country, they face many barriers, many obstacles, many challenges. And we can see that if we look at images from New York City, because as I said, there are people, they're spending time on the sidewalk outside a building. And these are human beings who came here looking for a better life, but now they are struggling after coming to the United States. And it's very difficult for many of them to have a roof over their head. Because as I said, Sanctuary City of New York is running out of options, is running out of places to house these migrants. So the bottom line is, if you want to come to the United States, do it legally. Follow the legal process. And what's happening at the southern border, I've said it again, I've said it before, I'll say it again. It's because of Biden administration's policies. The Biden administration did not secure the border. And that's why people are coming into the United States by crossing the U.S.-Mexico border. I've talked a lot about it, my friends. Please go check out my blog posts. Go to tossifanam.net. You can also connect with me on social media, as I've said before. And I, 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 I think, I'll say it one more time. I strongly support legal immigration and I strongly support securing the southern border and I oppose illegal immigration. I've said it very, very clearly. And this situation that we have right now in New York and Chicago, in many communities across the country, and uh, let me just say it, I've, I've said it before, since 2021, millions of foreign nationals have entered the United States by crossing the southern border. So we have a massive crisis that we are dealing with. And this situation, this crisis, could have been avoided only if the Biden administration would secure the border and enforce our nation's immigration laws. Once again, my friends, 
the migrants who cross the border to come to USA are suffering. They are also victims of the Biden administration's policies because many migrants are having to spend time on the sidewalk, on the streets, uh, next to the streets of uh, streets in New York City. My friends, that's all. Please connect with me. Share with me your thoughts. How do you think the New York City school system is going to deal with this massive influx of children of asylum seekers, children of migrants? What's going to happen? September 7th is coming up soon. So let me know what you think. If you are a New York City resident, I want to hear from you. Tell me what you're seeing in your city, what's going on. Because obviously, if you are listening to this podcast and you are in New York City, then you're, you're seeing this crisis in front of your eyes. And there are many other things that I'm going to be talking about very soon. I have been reading news reports about various protests that are taking place in the city. And uh, the, it, it, it seems that... Uh, we have arrived at a point where different government agencies are blaming each other for this massive crisis. So I'm going to be discussing more in future episodes. Stay connected with me. And also, before I conclude, I, I just want to highlight a few other things. I recently wrote two letters to the editor of the Capital Times, and both were published. And one is on the topic of providing the importance of providing body cameras to Madison police officers. And Madison is the city where I live in the state of Wisconsin. So I wrote a letter to the editor of the Capital Times stating that I strongly believe that the city council in Madison should allocate funds to provide body cameras to all Madison police officers. So that's one letter I wrote, which was published. And the second letter I wrote that was published is about um, mask mandate, okay? So it seems that there are many freedom-loving Americans who are concerned that government may reinstate the mask mandate. Reportedly, there are some hospitals and health systems that are once again requiring masks. And I think there's also a college um, in Georgia that announced a temporary mask mandate. So reportedly, COVID cases are on the rise. And that's why people are thinking, is the mask mandate coming back? Now, in the letter that I wrote, I made it very clear that I oppose mask mandate. And I, I wrote about this topic previously during the COVID outbreak, and I oppose mask mandate. I think that government agencies should not require masks, should not announce any kind of mask mandate. And I hope in my state of Wisconsin, the city of Madison and Dane County, 
I hope that the public officials working for the city and for the county, I hope that these public officials are not going to be reinstating the mask mandate. That's my hope. That's what I wrote in the letter to the editor of the Capital Times, and it has been published. If you would like to read it, you can uh, search for it on the internet. I will also be uh, adding the links to my website in the published opinions section. I have not, as of the time of recording this podcast episode, I haven't had the opportunity to uh, add those two, uh, add the two links for these two letters um, on my on my website. But I will be doing that very soon. Thank you, my friends, for staying connected with me. I believe in freedom of speech. And so if you have any thoughts that you want to share with me, please do so. Whether you agree with my viewpoints, whether you disagree with my viewpoints, I welcome you to share your thoughts and comments with me. So go to tossifanam.net, send me a message, connect with me on social media. And I hope to be back again soon with a new episode of Explore and Engage with Anam.